G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. There is an interesting aspect of Australian churches that you may not have appreciated up until now. The Lutheran Church in Australia has a strong connection to winemaking. Many of the vineyards and wineries in the celebrated Barossa Valley in South Australia were founded by Lutheran settlers who brought their expertise in grape growing and winemaking with them from Europe. Chris Pfeiffer is the board chair of Tourism Barossa and he's also the spokesperson for Lutheran winemakers. Chris, welcome along to 2020. Yeah, thanks, Neil. Thanks for having me. Well, Chris, a lot of people won't even be aware that there is this long history of Lutheran winemakers. I imagine you can trace your family history way, way back. Yeah, mine goes back to 1838, which is two years after the colony of South Australia was founded. And uh, most of the guys around here do, uh, predominantly in the Barossa Valley, uh, most of the people here of German descent. And it's only a small valley, 22,000 people, I think, live here today. And uh, but it has a, a real connection to Christianity, no matter what denomination you are. The church is very strong up here. Church is very strong in the Barossa Valley. And when I heard there were as many as thirty winemakers, and so many that you decided to form a club, uh, I was quite surprised. Yeah, no, there's some pretty good names in there too. If you uh, if you look at the people who are there, the, the biggest name that we have would be Henschke Wines, and they produce a wine which is called Hill of Grace. And it sells for around $900 a bottle, a 750 more bottles. So um, they're recognised worldwide. But there are many others uh, as well. There are about, in the Barossa, there are probably about 40 Lutheran winemakers. Um, only about 30, though, contribute to the Lutheran uh, winemakers um, dozen, as we call it. And then there are some others around, too, in Western Australia. There are a couple over there in the Riverland, uh, Adelaide Hills, um, beyond Victoria have got a couple as well. So um, the Lutheran Church is a pretty small church, really, so we know each other pretty well, and uh, in winemaking particularly. No doubt those winemakers are career winemakers, but there is a missionary element to what you do as Lutheran winemakers because you've got some focuses that help the Lutheran Church to get an idea that outreach is important based on good food and good hospitality. Yeah, the, every year the uh, the Lutheran Church itself runs the long lunch, uh, where they encourage people to get together in their communities and set up a, a long lunch, and it's all about uh, food, bringing in people from the community, inviting them in, uh, sitting down and having uh, a wonderful meal with a, a glass of wine, but not just wine, a uh, glass of anything, I guess, but wine in this particular part of the world is uh, preeminent anyway. But, uh, yeah, they are, the, the church itself uh, does that, and, and then the Lutheran winemakers... Uh, a generous group of people who um, have uh, had success over the years, I guess. Some of them going back for you know, 150 years. Um, their families are have been involved, so you know they can c- contribute back. They used to just give wine away to uh, church functions, uh, but now they um, concentrate—not concentrate, but they. Run, we run a little club here, 
and uh, winemakers uh, give wine cheaper so that the church can sell it at a, at a profit and use the funds for whatever mission uh, they're looking at. So the Lutheran longest lunch, it's uh, its the longest Lutheran lunch, I think is the right terminology, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's usually held on the closest Sunday to Reformation Sunday. Now, this past week we've celebrated the Reformation, 500 years. Is it a special time this coming Sunday for uh, this particular longest Lutheran lunch? Uh, is something special about the 500 years anniversary from Martin Luther? Yeah, here they've, uh, they just ran two functions last week because it clashed with some other events that were on in the roster at the time. Um, and they had uh, over a 1,000 people at each of those uh, events. One was a, um, a church service followed by uh, a meal and the secondly, secondly a, um, a concert, I think, they had as well. So, yeah, a lot of people came along to that. And there is some lead being taken here with the longest Lutheran lunch that goes back to Martin Luther, who was quite a fan of using hospitality to reach out to people 500 years ago, uh, had these famous table talk sessions. Uh, what do you understand about the history that goes along with Martin Luther and, and wine and good food? Well, yeah. um, when I was growing up as a kid, that's what I learned. Uh, Martin Luther, you know, um, promoted that as a way of reaching out to people, bring them in and uh, have a meal with them and encourage them to do that. And that's just continued on as part of the hospitality, I think. Uh, particularly, it's a German thing too. They're into, Germans are into food in a big way and um, you can talk about the size of most of it. Um, but uh, nonetheless, it's, it's been part of the missiology, I suppose, of the church to encourage that. And so the longest Lutheran lunch uh, is based on that, yeah. And I've got an old, I just remembered, I've just got an old copy of uh, Luther's Table Talk, which I bought many years, a little, little book it is, and uh, full of wonderful gems. Mine dates back to around about 1830-something too, I think, so I'll have a look at that when I finish here now. <laughs> From memory, and you've obviously grown up with that, what sort of gems do you find in uh, Luther's Table Talk? Can you think of anything off the top of your head? Oh, no, not in, I couldn't quote anything, no, but um, certainly the fact that, um, you know, encourage people to use their own hospitality to reach out to people uh, in a way and bringing them into into homes and things like that would be far, a far more acceptable way of reaching people than uh, to try and go the other way, go out to their, them and uh, try and bring them in from there. So, I mean, here, you know, the personal thing for, for us, my wife and I, we have a, a, a monthly lunch. And we invite people in from the community to come have lunch with us. And we, you know, we say grace and we talk about um, uh, Christ and what he means to us as well. Um, but they know us because we've been in the wine industry. They're not necessarily in the wine industry, but they're locals from the area who are not necessarily Christian either. Um, but just to get them, get alongside of them and encourage them in their living and, and sort of show, uh, show our own faith as well. So we, we personally do that, yeah. And is that something you think that from the Lutheran winemakers and a focus on some of this cultural heritage that you've got this culture that's been created that makes Lutherans quite hospitable and uh, people who just love to get together with friends? Yeah, I think they do. And uh, predominantly too because the Lutheran church isn't a very big church. So that, um, uh, like I went to a, a Lutheran college um, in Adelaide and I've worked for the Lutheran Church as the 
the, uh, the original publishing house. I've lived in each state uh, around the place. So I know, pretty much know, I don't know, at least 50% of the people who are Lutherans uh, by name, if not by sight, uh, now. So, you know, it just follows on. But it's a very small community and uh, becomes a more welcoming place, I think, for people. But I'm on the inside, so it's a bit harder for me to say that than for people trying to come in. Chris Pfeiffer is our guest. Chris, stay with us. We'll continue our conversation in just a few moments. Uh, Chris is the board chair of Tourism Barossa and is also the spokesperson for Lutheran Winemakers. We're back to talk some more about Lutheran Winemakers in just a short while. We're taking a little time to talk about the Lutheran Winemakers, one of those issues, one of those dimensions that are in church life that sometimes go unnoticed. But in the Barossa Valley, there's been tremendous expertise in grape growing over a long, long time. And our special guest is Chris Pfeiffer. He's the board chair of Tourism Barossa and also a spokesperson for Lutheran Winemakers. Chris, we talk about the sort of work that Lutheran winemakers do, and uh, we talked about the longest Lutheran lunch. It's a mission activity that happens really more in the Lutheran church, but what a great example you're setting. What sort of other projects do you work on together as uh, as Lutheran winemakers? Um, well, the first one we ever did was to support a, uh, a missionary into Malaysia. Um, the Lutheran church was sending its first missionary into Malaysia. I think it was 2004 that that happened. And uh, that was the impetus for the whole thing. He was un- he, wa- he wasn't funded. He was supported uh, by the local church here, but he was looking to uh, for resources and that over there. And so he put out a call for people to be involved in that. And I think our first um, uh, foray into supplying wine to the Lutheran Church raised about eighteen thousand dollars, which was then sent across to him to use for uh, reading materials and audio materials that he could use in his ministry there. So that was the the impetus for the whole thing from there. And um, other things we've done, we, we did actually do one for the Aboriginal in Central Australia as well. Now that was probably looked on by some people as not being so good, uh, considering the fact that um, alcohol was a, you know, a pretty um, um, big thing in, the, in Aboriginal, among Aboriginals anyway at that, at that particular time. Um, nowadays I'm, I'm sit on a board for Big River Mission which is a central Aboriginal board for Lutheran Church up there as well um, but that was that was there and then ongoing we've um, developed other uh, projects for the local mission within the church within Australia Chris, let me just uh, pick your brains here for a moment when it comes to uh, issues which are quite controversial when it comes to alcohol, and you name one, uh, when you talk about alcohol and Indigenous communities and a, a mission project that didn't really necessarily quite fit with what was probably uh, the best approach there. Uh, but a lot of people will reflect on the Bible and verses like, don't be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Those things are very relevant, aren't they? But uh, it certainly is a very cultural, biblical thing to uh, to grow and to consume wine. And uh, this is something you'd trace back right to Jesus, who enjoyed wine and hospitality. Yeah, the parables, um, vine the branches, all that sort of thing. It was always um, a part of uh, life in those days, as it is today. Uh, from there, but you do you do have to be uh, very careful about it. Most of the people, all of the Lutheran winemakers are family people. In fact, in the Brossa Valley, 
about 180 families own a winery. So there are only two corporate wineries here, which push out the big volume stuff. Uh, one is um, uh, Pernod Ricard, a French company that owns uh, Orlando, and the other one is Treasury Wines, which owns a number of wineries here. But other than that, they're all family wineries. They all grow their own grapes. They all make their own wine for their own consumption as well, but uh, to make a living off as well from there. So they're not inclined to be pushing this their product out in a way in which it can be picked up and used uh, by people for a quick um, fix um, to getting intoxicated or anything like that. Most of the prices of the, of the wines that come from here are at least $20 a bottle and that precludes it then from being uh, in the area of um, uh, quick consumption for uh, abuse. Now, as board chair of Tourism Barossa, and for those that have visited the Barossa Valley, will know that it is absolutely a beautiful place to visit. Uh, free kick for you. Uh, what's so good about the Barossa Valley? As the uh, as the board chair of Tourism Barossa, and as the spokesperson for uh, Lutheran winemakers, uh, what would your message be for people listening to us uh, on the other sides of the country, uh, from where you are talking to us today in South Australia? What's so good about the Barossa Valley? Well, it's a combination of um, the climate, the location, which produces some of the best, or supposedly the best Shiraz in the world come from the Rossa Valley. And Shiraz, from a red wine perspective, is considered the king of, uh, of wines from there. So the latest, um, uh, the latest Jimmy Watson trophy was won by a, a winery here called Turkey Flat. Um, another, and they also won uh, Best Wine Worldwide for Shiraz, a $20 bottle of wine, which competed with you know, wines that are well above that, thousands, worth thousands of dollars each. Um, but it just is the right place to be. The, the uh, microclimate there is just right for growing grapes. It doesn't rain like the Hunter Valley. It rains uh, sometime consistently during harvest, and some of the other areas don't have the, um, the mild climate that we have, nor the lead-up of uh, sunshine uh, to vintage. So it's, it's really good, and it's considered one of the top five wine regions in the world. So that speaks volume for considering the different regions around the world that are um, uh, growing grapes and making wine. And this dimension to what you do, uh, for those of us who weren't aware up until now, that there's a mission focus to winemakers in the Barossa Valley. This coming Sunday, Reformation Sunday, it is the day that you designate for the longest Lutheran lunch. It is a fundraiser and it funds mission activities. Uh, is that happening just in the Barossa Valley or is it going to be happening no. in, in right across the, ca- the country? Yeah, It happens right across Australia and New Zealand. And um, everyone, every congregation is encouraged to have a long lunch uh, and invite people in from the community. Not all of them will do that, of course, but it's the one opportunity each year at which they can uh, promote it. And, and there are various aids online and that that they can use and download uh, to invite people from their own communities into that lunch. And I imagine that since it's a Lutheran church thing, uh, you wouldn't mind uh, if others thought that was a good idea to do an outreach in their own local community by participating in something which actually is quite a cultural activity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. no. Well, the local guys here, the local clergy here, the, uh, the Catholics, the Anglicans and uh, Baptists and that often come around our place. We know them personally. We work with them on different things as well particularly in the community, so uh, no, they're very welcome to get involved in the same sort of thing. 
All right, I'll give a website address for people who might be interested in Lutheran winemakers. And it's a, a part of the website for the Lutheran Church Australia. So lca.org.au, then forward slash winemakers. And you'll be able to get details about the longest Lutheran lunch. It's happening this weekend throughout Lutheran churches around Australia, all about food and hospitality, but uh, certainly good to get some insights today uh, from Chris Pfeiffer, who's the board chair of Tourism Barossa and also spokesperson for the Lutheran winemakers. Chris, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you. God bless everyone. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.